today, tonight, our own very own Pastor Brent Locker is going to preach. Wow! Woohoo! Thanks. Before I preach, I want to say a couple things, um, especially if you're newer here. because you just heard about the NLE, the New Living Expo, and even some of the language they use, like uh, like Michelle talked about doing a reading and a second reading, and then they talked about Creator. And um, so, if some of you, if, if you're thinking this just sounds a little weird, like are they into New Age? The answer is no. We're into Jesus, um, but this is Paul being all things to all people that I might win as many as possible. In other words, it doesn't take a lot to change a little bit of language so that you don't wall off the very people you're trying to reach. Then it becomes an open pathway, and then you, you know, then when you, it's not like they connected deeply with every heart because you can't do that. You can't make that happen. But many times they did connect deeply, and then when they did, they were able to bring in, you know, the greater truth and talk about Jesus as we heard from Matt even. So anyway, I just wanted to, you know, clarify that. Um, and uh, just so, so grateful that we're out there being Jesus. Um, that's what we're, what we're here for, right, is to receive his love and then go give it away. Um, I want to also say a couple other things before, before preaching, and that is um, David Kim, who's the pastor of this church, is just a, a, a dear, dear friend. Um, we've been friends, I'm trying to think, for at least a dozen years, maybe more. I'm trying to think how many years he's been here, 15, something like that, which kind of blows me away that he's actually been here that long now. We've been here um, 27 years in the Valley, and I forget always when people start arriving, other pastors. But uh, we actually knew the previous pastors here. We were great friends with them. Uh, so we have a lot of history here. Um, it's been, you know, just a sweet place in so many, so many different times, uh, classes and services we've had here and uh so i'm we're glad to be here it feels good and david is super excited that we're here just very excited so i want to let you know that and we just got a cool text from pastor tim over at pathway he just said hey i'm just you know was in the neighborhood kind of driving by saw all the cars here he goes man uh pray that god just pours out you know his spirit here and blessings and so so i want you to hear these things because so you know we really are we're getting there as one big family and, you know, really beginning, you know, learning how to honor each other. It is, it is happening. Uh, but let's stop and pray for a moment. Father, we're, uh, we're just so blessed. We're, we're blessed that we're yours. We're blessed that we're loved because we're loved, <laughs> because it's your heart to do so. And I'm asking tonight, Lord, as I'm sharing, um, would, you, would you just share what you want to tonight through, through me, but also allow each person to hear what it is that you need them to hear, uh, which, which I know, Lord, often goes beyond the words I'm speaking, like you could speak to every heart here in a unique way that each one needs. So thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, let me just say this. One more <laughs> quick thing is that those of you that were at the NLE, I would love for later when we're taking communion, uh, we're going to take communion later tonight, and we're going to bring the kids back in here for that, by the way, if your parents, your kids will actually be brought back in tonight. But um, for those in the NLE, I would love it if you guys would come up first for communion and then be just available to pray for people if you're willing. Okay? Awesome. So, 
Tonight, I want to share something that is uh, a f really foundational, um, key core truth that um, I've spoken of before. So if you've been here for a long time, you've heard me talk about this before, but it's been a while. And um, it is the, the foundation of covenant love. Um, so what I want to do tonight, though, is I want to give you kind of a broad brushstroke of of covenant from heaven's perspective. And I'm actually going to go through um, a couple of key individuals in the scriptures, but you'll see I've got to do this quick because I can't, you know, I, each one of these could be its own message. But I wanted to give you just an overall view. Here's the thing. I just mentioned a moment ago as we were praying that, um, Father, thank you for loving us because you love us, because you love us. And when we get that message into the core of us, something changes. Most of us in this room would have no problems agreeing that God loves us. It's in Scripture. You know, God loves me. Yeah, God loves me. But I'm talking about something that grips you to the depth of your being where that, that inner voice that tells you at times you're not enough. Uh, if only you did this, God would love you more. Those kinds of things are clues that we got, we got some distance to go still to understand this covenant love. Covenant love... Um, has always existed with the Trinity, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I, I don't know how many of you had the, the privilege of watching the Shack movie, but if you did not, when it comes out, please watch it. Uh, phenomenal movie. But what I loved, one of the things I loved the most was watching the interaction, you know, in the house, the living room of, of Papa and Jesus and Sarah Yu, the, the name for Holy Spirit. Um, Three distinct people who who were constantly enjoying each other and and laughing and just enjoying life, and not getting offended with each other and uh, celebrating each other, honoring each other. This is what has always existed. Now, because of because we're in time, because we're in an, in finite time, we have what we call a past, present, and future. Well, that's not so for God. Like the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father have always been together, will always be together. They will never know separation. There wasn't a beginning. There isn't an end. It doesn't make any sense to us because, because God intentionally, you'll see actually in a little bit, but God intentionally has put us in something we call time, which is for a period until we're with him, and, and then time will not exist. We just go and go and go. But this, this love... Um, Love between Father and Son, love between Son and Spirit, Holy Spirit, between Holy Spirit and Father has always existed. There's never been a time when it hasn't. So if you, if you could see that, or even in your mind, if you saw the shack, you can picture, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in a little, you know, little cozy setting together, just saying, this is so wonderful. This is amazing. This is great. We love this. And you know what? Love is so, so, this love is so profound. It's so life giving we can't keep it to ourselves this is really this is this is why we why we're here this is why we're here if you ask yourself why do i exist what's my purpose in life can i give you your simplest and most profound purpose is to be loved you you have father son holy spirit that says we cannot keep this to ourselves we're going to create more people. We're going to create sons and daughters for the express purpose of drawing them in to be part of this continual 
giving and receiving of love. That's, that's where you are. So I want to show you something now. This, so what, with this picture that I use, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it a little bit later, but the different colors to me just represent the different aspects of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But I'm going to get back to that picture kind of as I wrap this up at the end. I want first to look at Adam and Eve. So you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They say, we want to share our love. We, want, we, we need more people to express our love to because that's what love wants to do. Love needs to find an expression. So uh, here comes Adam and then comes Eve. I'm not going to get into the whole story. It's, it's too long. But, it, but they're living in paradise. Intimacy with God. They, there's connection. Not just with Father, but Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's connection there. Uh, I'm going to read some scriptures in just a minute, but you'll see that, that they were created in God's image, in our image. It doesn't say the Father's image. It says in our image we created man. So they're in paradise. They're enjoying, they're enjoying this, and we know that God gave them a choice. He said, you can eat from all the trees, but there's one tree. There, in the middle, you've got the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from this one. He's saying, trust me, don't eat from this one. Now, some people say right away, they say, well, that doesn't seem good or right or fair. That you, I thought you said he's a good father, a loving father. Why would he put something in the garden that's not good? Because love always demands a choice. It, otherwise, it's not love. And, and that's, that's hard for us to accept at times, but it's true. We have to choose. Love has to choose. And so we know that, you know, we, we know the story, but you, you have to understand the story is, if, if you look at the story in Genesis, it's, it's told so quickly. We really don't have so many of the details. Like this, for example, pretty much the way the story goes, you, you're almost thinking that God says, well, don't eat that, you know, and then the next day the you know, serpent comes along, and there goes Eve, and there goes Adam, and whoa, there goes that. Man, they had paradise for one day. What a bummer, you know. That's kind of the way it seems. But I don't think at all that's what happened. Because, again, they're in paradise now. Work with me on this one. But time really wasn't an element yet because they were in paradise. There was no, there was no sin yet. Um, they were in what we're going to experience and call heaven. You know, they, they were already kind of experiencing that. They were experiencing that. So, so let me just say it this way because I'm not saying I know this happened. But I'm saying what if... What if they passed by that tree of the knowledge of good and evil a thousand times, a million times, and said, you know what, we got a good father, and no, he said no. We just don't know. You know, we don't know. Maybe they didn't even go to that part of the garden because they just didn't want to. There was so much other stuff to do. But at some point, there was a temptation that the, the enemy tries to come in and says, and tries to tell us the same lie, there's something wrong with you. Um, you, you know, if you, if you eat this, you'll be like God, even though they already were made in his image. They take the bait. They, they have the fruit. Now comes death. Death wasn't part of the plan until now. Now they're going to experience death. Now, again, some of you thinking, this, this doesn't sound good. This, you know, doesn't sound like a good, good father right here when you say this. Well, can I tell you this? This is, you have to understand God outside of time. Not in, in our chronological time going, oh, bummer, I didn't see that one coming. Now what are we going to do? Well, Jesus, are you willing to go? You know, because we've got a problem here. No, in, in Revelation 13, it says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. 
In other words, and you might think, well, then that means God already knew their answer, what they were going to do. Does that mean he made them do it? No. He did not make them do it because love requires a choice. It was their choice. But he also, because he's outside of time, it's not a problem for God to know what choice they're going to make and to have already taken a measure of how he's going to bring us through that choice because he's never going to leave us in a bad place because he's a good, good father. Okay? So let's just read it for a minute. It says, this is... uh, is Father, Son, Holy Spirit saying, now let us conceive a new creation, humanity, made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. And then God surveyed everything he had made, savoring its beauty and appreciating its goodness. Bill had us say that today, that we're, we're good. We're good. And, and actually in the scriptures, it says that when he created us, when he created humans and added us to all of his creation, then he called it very good. This has always been his heart for us. It goes on in Genesis chapter 3 now, 19 and 22. It says, now this is after, this is after the fall. This is after the, the, the choice to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. From dust you have come and to dust you shall return. Now there's something different going on. Now there's going to be a physical death of this body. And it says, and this, this also to some people seems like, well, this seems a little cruel, doesn't it? Look, the human has become like one of us, possessing the knowledge of good and evil. If we don't do something, he will reach out his hand and take some of the fruit from the tree of life, eat it, and live forever. Well, what's wrong with that? Because they're not in a state that, that God wants them to stay in forever anymore. Because something happened as they took the, the, the fruit of the, tr- of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's like, no, I don't want you locked into something where, where you're constantly battling and trying to figure out for yourself what's right or wrong. It had always been my heart to be the one to just live in and through you. You would just know. You would just know the things that are right and wrong because I would let you know. So he's like, that's not the way I, I planned this. So, so when he sent them out of the garden, there was those flashing swords like you can't come back here, which to some seems like that's so cruel. No, he's saying, I love you so much that, that, that this life's going to have a time span to it because then you're coming back home with, and you're going to experience everything I always wanted you to experience. You're going to have paradise forever. This is his heart. Now, let me keep going. Like I told you, I'm just going to sweep through this. Um, the next one I want to talk about is, is Abraham. Now, Abraham is the, is the first time that we see this, the covenant that I'm going to read to you in just a minute. And the covenant is about blessing. He, the, the father, father picks somebody on the earth, picks Abraham and says, you, I'm going to bless I'm going to bless your socks off. I'm going to bless you so massively because I want to. Because I want the world to see what a blessed man looks like. Not just a blessed man, but a blessed family and blessed generations. This is what I'm going to do for you, Abraham. Let's read it. It's in Genesis. It's in Genesis 12. Uh, this starting with 1 and 2. One day, the eternal one called out to Abram. This is before his name change. He says, Abram, get up and go. I want you to leave your country, leave your relatives and your father's home, and I want you to travel to the land that I will show you. Don't worry, I will guide you there. 
I have plans to make a great people from your descendants. And I'm going to put a special blessing on you and cause your reputation to grow so that you will become a blessing and an example to others. Do you get it? He's just picked him. Now, what you might ask, what's so special about Abraham? Nothing except that God picked him. You understand? Like he didn't, it wasn't because God watched him for a long time and said, wow, he's better than everybody else. No, he picked Abraham because he picked him. Because he had to pick somebody for others to say, well, I want in on that. I want to be blessed. Do you see what this is about? Okay, let me keep going. Genesis uh, 15 says, um, this is the Lord speaking to Abram. Bring me the following, a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Abram brought God all of these animals and, and cut them in two, laying each half next to the other, making two rows. And as the sun was setting... In the West, Abram fell into a deep sleep. Now, that was God who caused him to sleep because something was about to happen. Now, this is fascinating. Before I go to the next place, this is fascinating because here's the first time we really, we really get the uh, picture of what covenant is. The word covenant, berif, in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, actually means to cut, which starts to make sense when you think about different different covenants in the scriptures. And, and, but in this case, God says, cut these animals in half. Well, that seems a little gruesome, doesn't it? Yeah, but there was a, this was a picture. This was a, uh, Abram, I, we're going to do something here. And, and here's the deal, is that if one of us breaks our promise, it's going to be like what happens to these animals. It's not going to be pretty. We want it to be very visual here. And, and here's the thing, though, is that we're both going to, we're going to walk through this thing to make sure that this covenant, we're both agreeing to it. But here's the thing. What would Abraham be agreeing to when God said, I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you? You know, what's Abraham's part? Well, nothing really, except we read later that what made him righteous in God's eyes is that he said, yes, he agreed with God. But in this because it was all God's doing, because he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you because I'm going to bless you because it's what I want to do. He causes Abram to go into a deep sleep. And then we see that, well, we'll read it. We see in uh, Genesis 15 that when the sun had gone down and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the halves of the animal carcasses. That is the Lord. That's the Lord going through. In other words, here, if I let me put my mic down for one minute, because this is what it looks like. Did you get that? That was God shaking on His own self, His own hand. God saying, "I'm going to shake on this one. This is all me. It's all me. So I'm going to go through the middle, Abraham. It's as it's as good as done. Okay, it has to happen. We're going to get back to the significance in just a minute. We're going one more person here. We're going back to. Um, there's the first two. Now, let's take a look at Moses. You're going to start getting a fuller picture of this, of this covenant thing. Now, Moses comes along. We know from Scripture, it's about, it says about, in Galatians, it says it's about 420 years later after Abram, okay? Moses comes along, but let me tell you what's happened, is that God wants to bless his people. He, it all came through Abram. It was his Abraham. And, and, uh, and God wants to bless his people, but they don't want much to do with him because there's because that whole sin problem is that they have a very distorted picture of who God is. 
So, so now, even when Moses is, you know, they're, they're, actually before Moses, they're saying, God, we want a king. And, and, um, and he gives them kings, but he didn't really want to. He said, I want to be your king. But because that's what you want, I'll do that. At this point, though, with Moses, we have, the, we have a covenant of law. This is the first time law comes in. And, and unfortunately, many Christian believers to this day still think that law is the covenant. It's kind of the thing we keep going back to. Well, if I just, if I just obey the Ten Commandments, I'll be okay. You know, I'll make it to heaven. Well, that's not the covenant anymore. I have some really good news for you. But let's look at this one just for a minute. So here comes the law. And God, even when he gives it to Moses, he re- Moses is the one that represented the people, but not because God said for Moses to do that. It's because the people said, we're afraid of you. We don't want to know. Moses, you go see him. We'll just do whatever he says because that scary God scares us and he's out there somewhere and he's big and bad and we don't like him. Can you imagine a father? I don't know how many of you are parents in this room or if you're parents that actually have had kids that for a while maybe have even, you know, turned away and, you know, kind of walked away from you. Can you imagine the pain of a father Go back to the beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who are, who are saying, we want some kids to love on. And then somewhere along the way, because of the sin problem, because of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there starts to be this distorted concept of who Papa is. And suddenly the kids don't want to be around him. That's crushing. But see, that's not how we read Scripture. We read it and we, we start to agree with this, this big bad God, you know, that's so mean. No, not at all. That was never his heart. So the law wasn't for God's sake. The law was saying, okay, this is what you want. I'll, I'll do this. It's, it's going to kill me because it's not really my heart for you. But here's where the law is good because even the New Testament says the law is good. In the, this regard, it shows us we got a real big problem called sin. It makes it so glaring we can't ignore it. Like it's right there. Let's read about it just for a minute. This is in Deuteronomy 11, 26 to 28. Look, you've got two choices this is the covenant. You can, the covenant of the law. You can be blessed or you can be cursed. If you obey his commands, this is Moses saying, if you obey his commands, people, which I'm giving you today, you'll be blessed. If you don't obey his commands, if you leave the path I'm showing you today so that you can worship other gods who are foreign to you, then you'll be cursed. Brutal. Can you all just say Brutal. It, it is. You look at that and you're like, that's brutal. And unfortunately, m- many believers are living this way today, still believing this. When you do the right thing, you're blessed. When you don't, you're cursed. I, I've, I have some really great news. Jesus came to change all of that for us. But this is the way it was. But understand something. Abram's covenant, Abram's covenant didn't, didn't change which is, I'm going to bless you because I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be more numerous than the stars, than you know, the, the sand on the sea, the stars in the sky. That didn't, that didn't change. The law didn't change that. It didn't somehow cover it up or nullify the first promise. So now, in a sense, you've got two promises going, if you will, two covenants, right? It's really important that you understand that because it's going to make something else make sense in just a minute. So getting back now to, to where we're going here with the overall picture, Thank God <laughs> that this is not the full story. Woohoo! 
Yay. There's someone else who's coming along, and that someone is someone who was in this original three. Because before, before any of this other stuff happened, before any of it, the lamb was already slain. Means, that means that there was already a discussion. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father says, Son, this is, this is not good. You know, they, they've made a choice that's going to separate the very ones that we love. Son, would you go? Would you go and represent my heart? Because they're going to forget who I am. And would you go and die a death that they can't die? Would you keep all the laws that they can't keep? Would you die a death that they can't die? Would you take it all? Son, would you do that to erase this whole sin problem? And Holy Spirit's right there, you know, loving. And, and Jesus says, Dad, I'll do it. I'll do it because I want them as much as you do. Every single person in this room, you were part of this conversation, whether you know it or not. You were. Ephesians 1 says before the foundation of the earth that you were already in God's heart. You were already there. Not just as a a mass of people, uh, every single one of you. He knew exactly when you would be born. He knew exactly what part, what little portion of his glory he was going to put inside of each one of you. You were right there. And Jesus said, Dad, I'll do it. What's What's this covenant about? We know it's about grace. It's about grace. It's about God saying, I'm going to do the thing that you couldn't do. You couldn't do for thousands of years. You wouldn't be able to do it if you had a million more. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to live out the very covenant you could never live out. Now, here's why. Let me, let me, I'm sorry. Let me just do two more. It's a covenant of love, and it's a covenant of eternal life. And, and, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why Jesus had to come. Here's why he had to die. And we're going to read this in Scripture in just a minute, but I just want to explain it to you in my own words. It's because this covenant, we, we've, got, we've got Adam and Eve here. Paradise was supposed to last forever, and God says we've got to bring him back to that place. We've got, we've got Abraham here, and he says, oh, that blessing, I like that one. That one's going to stay. And I'm going to show you that in a minute, that Scripture. That's, that blessing's around. We're living in it today, by the way. We got this one in Mos- with Moses, not such a good covenant at all. But here's the problem, because who, who wants to live in fear where if you do anything wrong, you're cursed? That's just not a great way to live. It's why they had the whole sacrificial system, which was about foreshadowing Jesus coming and doing it once and for all for us. But here's the problem is God can't just, covenants are not like a, a little deal to God. They're, we may not be able to keep covenant, but he does. Always. He does not break covenant. He cannot. So for him, doing the whole animal thing, you know, that was with, with, with Abraham, that was showing how serious he was. With Moses, the only way this covenant can go away is this is till death do us part. Somebody's got to die. And actually, really, both parties have to die. So Jesus comes as the sacrificial lamb. He comes as God, but he comes fully as a man. He lives every single law that was in the, the Mosaic Covenant, which isn't just the Ten Commandments, by the way. All the laws in the Scripture, he, he's the only one that obeys all of them. Not because he had to in order to be right with the Father. He was always right with his Father. He did it for us to break this cursed covenant. Jesus came as God, and God died. 
And Jesus came as a man, and as a man fulfilled all of the requirements, and then as a man he died. This is the only way this covenant could be broken. And what do we get instead? We get grace, we get love, we get eternal life. Let's read it because it's fabulous. Hebrews is really the place to go if you want to read through all of Hebrews and get so much more of this. Hebrews 9, 15 and 16. This is why Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant through his death. It had to happen with his death because I just told you why. He delivered us from the sins that we had built up under the first covenant, talking about the law, and his death has made it possible for all who are called to receive God's promised inheritance. For, who, for whenever there is a testament, a will, the death of the one who made it must be confirmed. You see, somebody had to die. It's right there in Scripture. Here is later in, in uh, Hebrews 9, verses 17 and 18. Well, it goes on to say, because... A will takes effect only at the death of its maker. It has no validity as long as the maker is still alive. Even the first testament, the first covenant, required blood to be put into action. I just told you about that one. Let me go on with Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. In the first covenant, we're talking um, the whole context of this, just so you don't get too lost, because I know I just gave you several covenants, but in this context, he's talking about the law of Moses versus grace. I want you to know what covenant we're talking about, okay? So he's saying in the first covenant, the one, the law, every day, every officiating priest stands at his post serving, offering over and over those same sacrifices that can never take sin away. Are you getting the drudgery of this? There is no way that these sacrifices are ever going to actually make people feel clean. It's the best they can do, but it's not going to work. And it says, but after Jesus, that's the he, after Jesus stepped up to offer his single sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down in the position of honor at the right hand of God. Skipping to verse 14, it says, with one perfect offering, Jesus has perfected forever, has perfected. Did you hear the past tense? You've got to live in what Jesus has done for you. Otherwise, you're going to keep striving to to earn or to try to prove something that you can't even do. Jesus has already eternally perfected forever those who are being made holy. I will erase their sins and wicked acts out of my memory as though they had never existed. Some of you in this room, full-on believers of Jesus, but you're still petrified of the day you're going to die because... Of, what's, of all the, the, the shameful things that have happened, what am I going to face? What you're going to face is a father and a son and a Holy Spirit who already knew all the decisions you were ever going to make in your life before you even existed and said, we've already washed them all clean through this single act. When you come to the, to the throne, when you, when you are before the Lord, let me tell you what you're going to see about your life. Because the scripture makes it really clear. There's three things that are going to remain. Are you ready for this? Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You're going to watch, you're going to watch a, a, 
you know, a, a film of your life. You're going to watch this thing on, you know, I can't even imagine what it's going to, it can't be 3D, it's got to be 15D or something in heaven. <laughs> you're going to be watching this thing, and you're going to be watching your life, and you're going to wonder, who is that person? What, whose life is this? And God says, this is the one I saw. This is the one I created. Every time you chose to love somebody, every time you chose to believe God in the midst of circumstances that were really hard, every time you said, God, I don't understand what's going on, but here's what I know. Good is coming, which is what hope is. Good is coming. Those things are reserved forever in heaven. I don't know how, but that's what it says. And the other parts, the parts that you're, you're, you're thinking that you're, you might be shamed about someday, guess what? There's no record. There's no record. It's gone. It is gone. It is washed. It is gone. When there is forgiveness such as this, there is no longer any need to make an offering for sin. That old way, let me tell you what that looks like in today's modern language. That looks like you beating yourself up for a long time when you make mistakes. Tell me what that offering is doing to gain you any access to the Lord. And some people might say, well, Brent, are you saying we shouldn't repent? No, absolutely repent, but know what repentance is. Repentance is saying, I was just behaving in a way that has nothing to do with who my created being is from heaven. So I'm going to, Papa, tell me who I am again. Oh, yes. I'm going to go and love, and I'm going to go encourage people, and I'm going to see the treasures, and I'm going to build people up, and I'm going to love myself well. In fact, let me say this. When you're, when you're making mistakes, when you're out there not being your true self, do you know what the number one problem is? I'm just going to tell you, you don't love yourself enough. That may sound really weird to you, especially in a culture where we've been taught that that's conceited and arrogant and prideful. No, not at all. Papa adores you. Holy Spirit, Father, Son, they said, I, we want you. We adore you. You're everything we ever wanted. You're in this love, you know, connection with all of them forever. And they tell you how amazing you are. But, but when you're not agreeing with it, when you're saying, I'm, I'm a piece of trash, I'm, I'm just garbage, I just I can't seem to get my life straight, I'm, I'm a mess, God's like, no, 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 son, daughter, listen, listen, come here, come here. Let me tell you who you are again, because you you're forgetting. Jesus said we're supposed to love other people like we love ourselves. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, Right? How are you supposed to love other people when you're trashing on yourself? It doesn't work. You can try, but then you wonder, why am I so harsh with people? Well, maybe it's because you're pretty harsh with yourself. I'm just suggesting some, an area. Again, this, there's no condemnation here whatsoever. See, that's been washed away. All I'm saying is take a look. Ask the Lord to help you. Say, Papa, would you let me see myself the way you see me? Because then you're going to start seeing other people the way he sees them. And your interactions are going to be altogether different. This is, this is the plan. And so that was all about the grace part. Here's the love part. This is, I just talked about this, John 13, 34. This is the new covenant. He says, so I give you, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. Whoa. Wait, what? Just as much? No problem. Yeah. Can you see how supernatural this is? Remember, this is a covenant. This is a grace covenant. God says, I know you don't. You by yourself don't have that. No problem. Come in closer because I'm giving you my heart. My heart is your heart. That's the exchange. My heart for your heart. So you can love like I love. 
He says, for when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. And here's the eternal life part of the covenant. I am the resurrection, Jesus says, and I am the life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though that person dies, will live forever. And then he says a very bizarre thing. And the one who lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He's taking away the curse. I'm going to go all the way back over here to Adam and Eve. He's taking this curse away. And he says, ever since the the eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was a, the time is ticking, which means this life has to end. Now, you might say to me, well, the light, this life is still ending. I, I understand that. I agree with you. There's something greater coming called heaven. But Jesus also told us to usher heaven into earth. And, and so... This, this life, while, while, it's, while it is going to end, it doesn't actually end. It ends from our perspective. But he says, let me tell you the real truth. You're going from life to more life. He not only died a death for you, but like, like died in your place so that you wouldn't have to, but he, he took the experience of death itself, the very thing that, that everyone in this room at, at points probably is a little bit nervous about, you know, he took that from, he died that for you. He died your death for you so that you will never experience it ever, ever. You go from life to more life. That's the promise. Now, what about, so we got this one Moses taking care of. We got Adam and Eve. What about Abram? This is the coolest thing in the world. And you can read this in Galatians um, chapter four. But it says, but Paul says, hey, remember, that the promises of God are for Abraham and his progeny. I'm not sure what your scripture says. Mine says progeny. And he says, and, and, and Paul says, he didn't say progenies, like plural, but progeny, one person. It's for Abraham and his progeny. He's doing kind of a play on words. He's bringing it all back to Jesus and saying, everyone who's in Jesus gets everything that Abraham was promised. We're all part of the grains of sand and the stars in the sky. We're all part of that because of Jesus. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this beautiful? So where are we in this thing? Well, hey, there we are. So when I look at this picture, let me tell you what I see. I see, this is just me. You, you could look at it totally differently. But to me, that, that, the gold is just the glory, of, the glory of Yahweh. It's the glory of God. I see, um, I see the red as the blood of Jesus that... that swirls around us and i see the blue the holy spirit breathing through us you know the water the wind right through us so who is that in the middle who is that who was with god in the beginning isn't it interesting that when we die one of the things we say is well that person's going going home to be with the lord right don't we use that terminology often how can you go home if you haven't been there just saying I'm not trying to get woo-woo weird. I'm saying it's a whole lot better. We heard this, pro- this prophecy earlier that you, you go ahead and give it your best shot at what you, how good you think he is. You're not even getting close to how good this story really is. So you've, you've always been wanted in this circle of three who wanted to love on multitudes and bring them all back home. You've always been loved. You've always been wanted. Jesus has done everything to bring you back home. What's your part? 
Well, makes it clear in Romans 4, says the same thing as Abraham. The only part you have, what's credited to him is righteousness. He believed God. God, are you really this good? I believe you. God's like, exactly. That's it. That's our part. Isn't that amazing? See, so it changes our whole message. Our message isn't to go out and tell people how horrible they are. And if you don't, you know, if you don't turn, you burn. That's, a, that's just a terrible message. Yes, let me run to that father who wants to, you know, burn me if I don't turn. That's not a good, good father. What, you, what, what we need to tell people is you've always had a father who's wanted you. How many people out there have deep father wounds? I mean, many, many, many. And mother wounds. Guess what? This is, this is our message. You've got a papa who adores you. He adores you. He wants you. He's always wanted you. Come on home. Do you want in? Do you want into the one who's forgiven you, who, who accepts you? Come on. You know, come on in. Yes, it's through Jesus. Don't, you know, please understand my heart. It's always through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other message. But, but remember this, though, too. Jesus came to show us a very um, misunderstood and misaligned father. And that's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my dad. You know who my dad is? Abba. Dada. This is my papa. And this is the way I love him. And this is the way he loves me. And why don't you come and know him the way I do? It's so good. It's so good. We're going to, um, I want to end with, with, uh, with uh, this from Romans 5. Just, uh, oh, this is such good stuff. This is in the Passion Translation. Our faith, this is our yes. Our yes, God, you are that good. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Can you just say that for a moment? I am flawless in your eyes. Believe it. Don't do that argument thing. Well, nope, you don't know what I just, you know, or what I was thinking. No, no, no. God says, shh, 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 shh. Just listen to me. He says, you are flawless in my eyes. This means... We can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. So often when we're feeling distant from God, just so you know, I promise you, the Lord hasn't gone anywhere. He's made his home right inside of you. He's not going anywhere. But it's our own misperceived thoughts of, well, I've done certain things, so therefore, or I don't like who I am, so therefore. See, we're the ones pushing him away, thinking he doesn't want to have anything to do with us. There's the lie. It's not on his end. He says, no, come here. Come here, come here, come here. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. And Romans 5, 5, we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And one more verse from Romans 5, 16. 
And this ties it all back in. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. We're not talking about Adam, Adam and Eve. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitting us with the words, not guilty. Yes. This is the good news. I hope you're happy. Like some of you are happy here, but I hope you all get happy. I know it's hard. It's hard especially because we, a lot of us have had upbringing that really hasn't allowed us to celebrate that. A lot of times we weren't celebrated, you know, growing up with our own parents or others that, that should have. Sometimes we were abused. And so that's what makes this hard. Like we don't, none of us in this room want to be duped with something that isn't true. Like this, that's honestly the, one of the biggest problems with, with convincing people is, oh, it just seems too good to be true. Well, yeah, that, that's right. It does seem too good to be true, but it is true. This is just the way it is. So I want to pray that over you, this covenant love, which, by the way, is all about family. And uh, then I'm going to invite you up to, we're going to take communion together. Mm, Papa, 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 Papa. Daddy. (laughs) Abba. Oh, God. Lord, I'm, I'm just sensing right now there's some people in this room who have, who have been pretty tired, um, tired, worn out, um, discouraged. But so much of it has been that incessant, you know, n- not living the way they want, not, not feeling like they're not measuring up, feeling like they're a disappointment to you and to others. And God, I'm asking right now that you would lift right now, lift the weight of that off. In Jesus' name, take the weight off. And I, God, we, we just want to be um, just like Abraham uh, in the sense that he, you picked him out because you picked him out, just because. And Abraham, uh, you know, he, he, he made his mistakes along the way. He, you know, it's funny. Book of Hebrews, when it tells about the faith of, the, of, our, of our fathers, our forefathers and mothers, Did you notice it doesn't list any of their mistakes? It just tells the story of Abraham like he never doubted. Did you notice that? (laughs) So, Lord, I'm just, I thank you, God, that you're so patient with us. And, And, God, you are convincing us of truth. And, Lord, you're going to convince us that your heart is this good for us, that we get to walk into, run into your arms anytime and every time, Anytime and every time that we want to, like, which is all the time. <laughs> we want to all the time. God, we need your presence. And so like Abram, we, we say to you, we say, Papa, thank you. Thank you for your amazing plan. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what you wanted to do. You always wanted to love on us. We accept that our primary role in this life before any other is to be loved. To be loved by you. We accept it. Yes, God, yes. Yes, we want to be loved. I want to be loved by you. And we agree, Jesus, that your sacrifice was enough. 
Jesus, that with your one sacrifice on the cross, you, you forever broke the curse of death. That curse of death all the way back to Adam. You broke the curse of the law all the way back to Moses. And you won for us all of the promises and the blessings of Abraham forever. We get, we get paradise. That's what we get. And so, Jesus, we agree. We agree. You are, you are the Lord. You are, you are the Son of God. You did die for us. It was enough. Our sins are gone. They are washed. And we now get to live with a purity. We get to live with your heart. We get to live this life loving as you love. So thank you, God. Thank you even for the kids that are coming in, God. Thank you for the life, the life in your kingdom. And thank you, God, that each one of us are as innocent to you as these children coming in. We are as innocent to you as that. So thank you, Father. Thanks for the joy, the goodness of your heart. Thank you for that you are a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. And for each one of us, that is a very good thing. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.